Welcome to the Gulf Coast Business Advocate, where startups, growing businesses, or established companies share what makes their enterprise unique. Your host, Jim Grant, will pull back the curtain and reveal tools and principles for success, as well as expose the trials and tribulations that many entrepreneurs face while building a business in the South. Find out why people love living and doing business on the Gulf Coast. And now, your host of the coast, Jim Grant. Good morning, Gulf Coast. Welcome back to the Gulf Coast Business Advocate. I'm your host, Jim Grant. Today's guest, Ty Hansen, is the founder and promoter of Pensacola Beach Brawl. It's his fifth year promoting uh, the Beach Brawl out on Pensacola Beach. They take over the beach out there uh, every September. I think usually the last weekend in September this year, it's going to be September 16th through the 18th. Ty has a wife, Laura, of 12 years, two kids, a second grader and a fifth grader. He graduated from University of Central Florida. Uh, before that, he attended uh, Niceville High School. He lives in Gulf Breeze, and he's a local Gulf Coast entrepreneur. Ty, how you doing this morning? I'm doing very good. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You bet, man. This is an exciting event you've got coming up here. It's your fifth year promoting the Pensacola Beach Brawl. Can you tell us a little bit about your background before the Beach Brawl? Yeah, so just kind of give you the, the quick story of me. I was uh, born in New Orleans, lived there for a short time, then moved to Fort Walton for a couple of years, and then really moved over to Niceville, and that's where I grew up. So I'm a, I'm a Nicevillian at heart. Graduated in 98, went on to I played baseball in junior college, and I went on to play at uh, UCF Central Florida in Orlando. Graduated there in 2003. That's where I met my wife, which is funny because she was from Fort Walton, you know, but we never okay. knew each other until we went off. Uh, we met at UCF. Right. Uh, anyway, so graduated from UCF in 2003, uh, moved to Texas for a couple of years. And, and after we had our first child, we really wanted to come back to the, the panhandle. This is what we knew. This is what we love. You know, we wanted to be able to share, you know, our, our first child, you know, with have him grow up with the grandparents. So, you know, we moved back here and Gulf Breeze is just kind of where we settled in. So I can't imagine living anywhere else. Yeah, I uh, a couple of things from that explanation of your before Pensacola Beach Brawl passed. I uh, grew up across the street from my grandparents for 22 years. And a lot of people said to me, oh, that must have been horrible having them breathing down your neck or looking over you all the time when your parents were at home or whatever. But it was the best they were amazing grandparents, and um, it was awesome having them uh, in my life as, growing up. Totally. And your first child was your son, is that right? Yeah. So, so we actually have four kids. We have uh, Nate. Okay. Is uh, <laughs> he's ten and he's in fifth grade. Leah is eight. She's in second grade, and we have three and a half year old twin boys. Excellent. Who definitely give us a run for our money. So, are you done, or is there going to be more? We are done. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's safe to say we're done, for sure. That's awesome. Well, I'd love to hear that about the family. It's something that's missing, I think, today from a lot of people's lives, and uh, we need to keep that in mind. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, it's I'll, it's not always easy. You know, it's a lot of work, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's worth it. You know, bringing, bringing humans into the world and trying to raise them to be, you know, responsible kids and responsible adults and contribute to society, you know, that's kind of our goal uh, as parents, and we're definitely – we're not perfect. We just try to learn 
learn as we go and, you know, just be the best we can be, you know. Contributing to society is uh, undervalued in a lot of people's minds, I think, because if we go out there every day looking to do that and seeing how we can do something for someone else, it usually turns out better for us in the long run that way as well, and it just makes us all better all the way around. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and kind of what we're trying to instill in them is, you know, it seems like it, every every passing second, every day, you know, people and you know, adults and children now just think they're think the, you know the world owes them something and they, they they just sit and they'll get it and that's what we're trying to say is no you know no one no one owes you anything life is not fair you go out and you you know you make it happen and you you know you create your opportunities and you responsibility you own it and you know you you control your destiny you can't sit around and wait for things to happen and wait for someone to give something to you well, that's awesome, man. So, hey, so let's talk about the Beach Brawl and about your uh, entrepreneurship. Uh, the first Pensacola Beach Brawl event was in 2012. When did the vision for Pensacola Beach Brawl come about, and how did you make it happen? Yeah, so I started CrossFit probably back in 2009, and we just started it as a way to, to have fun, work out with our friends, get in shape, you know, and like many people do, we just we got addicted. We loved it. So, you know, just working out for fun and staying in shape kind of turned into competing. And I think I did my first actual competition sometime at the end of 2011. But, you know, we started thinking, me and my partners started thinking, you know, this would be cool to, to do it here at Pensacola Beach, you know. And so we just kept thinking on it, thinking on it. And I finally was like, you know, let's make this happen. We have a really good venue for it. People love to work out. That's like the natural uh, progression. The next step is let's make this happen. So we said, all right, you know, what's what's unique about this area? I was like, all right, well, the beach. So we got to do it at the beach. You know, we got we want to be able to showcase our beautiful beaches and create something unique. You know, that not everyone has. You know, something to something to differentiate, make ours different. So we got to do it at the beach. You know, so we're like, all right, Pensacola Beach, and you know, the name just kind of evolved. We're like, all right, let's call it Pensacola Beach Brawl. So you know, the first year first competition that you really don't know what to expect so we just we started marketing it probably six to eight months out you know and I I remember going and get posters made I just drove them all around to the, the whole circumference you know all the way over past Destin all you know up north and all the way over to Mobile I just went to all the gyms you know and and some of them I knew some of the gym owners I knew and some of them I didn't but I you know I went and shook their hand and said you know look we're having an event you know Pensacola Beach you know, in September, and we want you know we want we want to get your gym involved. We want you guys to be a part of it and hang this hang this uh, poster up, you know, right by your whiteboard so everyone sees it every day. You know, just to kind of keep pounding it um, and make right. it fresh on their minds. You know, and I think I think the first year we ended up having over maybe 650 or so athletes. So it, you know, it was, it was a really good turnout for the first year anyway. And you know, the reason why we chose you know we we chose September like all right, look, what's a good time of year? to do this event, you know, you know, the summer, summer's not because, it, you know, generally it's, it's rainy season, there's seaweed, it's more expensive, you know, to, to come and stay, uh, it's more crowded, so, like, all right, we're not going to do it, you know, the summer, let's, let's, you know, let's do it a little bit after, when the rates go down, and it's a little bit cooler, the water's beautiful, so that's kind of how we chose climate's better it's just yeah. it just works out for everybody yeah. I mean, so you know the locals are in a better mood because the tourists are yeah. have uh, gone back to school so. exactly 
So that's kind of that's kind of how it all kind of started. And my partners Brent, Doug, and Brian kind of helped get it going. You can't take on it by yourself. You know, there's a lot of moving parts and a lot going on. You know, Doug, Brian, and Brent, and myself, we were the four that kind of got the brawl going, and then we opened NACO. So they were definitely integral in kind of putting all the pieces together. You know, it's putting on an event. It's it's a never-ending journey. You know, each year you you learn new things. Things evolve. So it's not something to where you're like, all right, we did it. We, we got it figured out. You know, in, in a, being an entrepreneur and being in business, it's, it's always evolving. You're, you're never going to have it completely figured out. And it's kind of that old adage, if you're not growing, you're dying. You're in business to grow. So when you think you've got it out and you start coasting, that's when uh, I think things start falling apart. And do you, uh, is it a full-time gig for you, Pensacola Beach? Oh. No, it's not a full-time gig. You know, initially when we started it in uh, 2012, you know, I had a, I had an office job, you know, where I was in the office. So it, it was, it was kind of challenging trying to balance that, that particular job I don't have anymore. And I've just kind of been on my own the past couple of years doing some different things. Uh, but it's definitely, you know, it's, it's definitely not, you know, the only thing I do, you know, I, and the reality is it's, it's a one-time annual event, and it does take a lot of a lot of work and a lot of preparation. But I wouldn't really consider it a quote full-time job. Right. It sounds like though you've embraced the uh, entrepreneurship though 100% that you're doing other things on your own along with uh, Beach Brawl. Yeah. So in 2012, one of the big components to these um, competitions is scoring. Right. So it's not like a a triathlon or a 5K where you just have one one result or one time. Typically, CrossFit events across the board will have three to five workouts, you know, or three to five scored events, you know, so that it's just not your typical scoring. So in order to score that, you need some kind of a, you know, platform that will, that will rank and sort accordingly, right, and assign points. I remember my first year we did it, uh, I built this fancy Excel spreadsheet. You know, I, I got it. I got this made. And, you know, as we're getting into it and entering in these, all these results, I realized, you know, I messed up. So I spent, you know, a large part of the day, like trying to correct this spreadsheet that was supposed to just plop in, you know, the reps or the times and everything was just supposed to calculate accordingly. And it didn't. And so <laughs> the light bulbs kind of went off and like, well, there's got to be a better way you know, to do this rather than me just trying to, to build some Microsoft Excel spreadsheet. So I created a online uh, scoring platform for these kind of events, right? It's, it's, a, it's a prettier interface, you know, than like Microsoft Excel. So we were like taking pictures of, of the, you know, the sheet, posting them. As they, it was just really hard for people to follow what was going on. Right. You know, and it wasn't pretty. So now I created uh, a scoring platform company back in 2012 called Breeze Scoring. And what that does is it's a, it's an interface for event hosts like myself to enter in scores, uh, save those scores, and, and publish them. And then the athletes and spectators can view these scores throughout the day, or you know they can go back and, and look online, at it online, right? Online, online right? yeah. So it's yeah. gonna you know every time right. they 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 click on it, they click on their division, you know, because typically you have men and women and teams, you know, and then under that you have you know advanced or intermediate. For the beach brawl, we have a lot of divisions, but a normal CrossFit competition has two to six divisions. So, you know, and everyone's kind of in their own division. So, you know, theoretically, you click on your division and it's going to populate the most current data. Cool. And the beauty of that is, you know, it's the internet, so I can score competitions 
anywhere in the world, and I don't I don't physically have to be there. I can kind of set it up. I can help, you know, I, I set up the name of the event, and I load all of their competitors for them. I set up their workouts and then give them, shoot them over a link where they can log in. They have their own dedicated link and their own back end where they can just kind of log in and their source. Yeah, and, and, they, and the beauty is they share this the public link with their athletes and, uh, and spectators, and they can kind of, you know, everybody can kind of track. So it's just a really easy and convenient way to kind of keep up with scoring, which people are competitive and they want to know where they stand at all times. So it's kind of, there's no way around it. You know, you have to have right. a solid scoring solution. Well, you know what? That's something I think people out there that are listening to this podcast can uh, take from this is that, you know, it started out as an issue, as a, as a problem, if you will. And your question really was, what can I do to make this go smoother and easier? And, and you came up with something that, you know, a whole new business out of your original idea. Correct. So it was a it was an issue or a problem that I faced. Other people need it too. Right. You know, so boom, yep. that's how it was born. Been listening to a lot of Tony Robbins lately. And for you, I don't know if you've listened to it or if you like that kind of thing, but people out there, but if you haven't watched uh, I'm Not Your Guru on Netflix, Tony Robbins documentary, it's pretty excellent. You ought to check it out. I have not seen that, but I, I love stuff like that, so I'll check it out. Yeah. I, you know what? We're so like-minded. And so you can't, you don't know what everybody's into, but it turns out the entrepreneurs were like oh, yeah. 80, 90% of the same mindset. Yeah. And, and the reality is being an entrepreneur, it's a grind. And sometimes, you know, you fail and sometimes you get rejected and sometimes you just, it's tough to find motivation, you know, and I find yeah. that talking to other people and listening to audiobooks, read books, just kind of gives you that gives you that assurance that, look, the best, some of the best products and some of the most successful people got where they are because something failed or something went wrong, you know, because that's, that's how you learn and make progress is through those obstacles, you know, and, and through those challenges. That's what makes you who you are. You know, in any successful person and any successful company will tell you that, that they learn the most, you know, when they failed or when they got rejected, you know, they got told yep. no over and over and over. They just kept on and kept on, you know, until they kind of figured it out. Exactly. So. A couple of things on that front. First off, I guess a warning for entrepreneurs. You know, there's a lot of people are out there. They don't pay me what I'm worth. I'm not getting paid what I'm worth. Be careful what you ask for, because if you want to be an entrepreneur, you're going to find out for sure what you're worth. Right. <laughs> you know, and you may not like it. So be prepared to uh, to work at it and work hard. Oh, yeah. Uh, you came up with the idea in 2011, uh, you and Doug, Brian and Brent talking about it for Pensacola Beach Brawl. Did you, is that when you realized you wanted to be an entrepreneur or did you have those, uh, that itch before? You know what? I remember, I remember being in college and, and I was like, you know, what am I going to do with my life? Cause I was playing baseball. So I wasn't, you know, I was focused on a career, but not totally focused. You know, I knew I had to major in something, but I really didn't know what it was. Initially, you know, when I was in junior college, it was just mostly general classes. And then I went, I remember I went to UCF. And I was with my dad, and we were you know, picking out my major and my classes. And I was like, all right, I want to be an athletic trainer. Because I remember I thought, oh, that'd be cool to do. I remember in high school thinking that would be cool. So we signed up, you know, registered for these classes. And it, they were mostly general general medical class, you know, that, that anatomy, physiology, those types. And then it came time the second semester, that spring semester, to sign up for classes. And it was, you know chemistry and physics and I was like, Ooh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I 
probably should have thought this through, you know, I'm just, that's, that's not my thing. So my dad and I were like, you know, let's, let's go the business route. So I kind of switched my major and took the business route, uh, ended up with a business degree. But I remember in, in college, I was like, what should I do? Oh, all right. I like baseball. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a batting cage. You know, I'll, I'll right. open up a batting cage. You know, you just have these, <clears throat> these crazy ideas, you know, just think of how much money it would cost, you know, a person like me to open a, bat, a batting cage and then a nice little and people pay a dollar for, you know, 20 balls or, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's not to say it wouldn't work, but, you know, looking back on it now, I was like, man, there's so many other things I could have done. Uh, you know, or ideas I could have had. Anyway, I never, I never did that idea. But uh, I think kind of always in the back of my head, I was like, all right, I need to find a real job. But I always, you know, I always had these ideas, you know, and sometimes too many to a fault. Right. Um, so, you know, when we were creating the brawl, I, honestly, I don't think it was like, all right, this is my big chance. You know, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. It's, I'm on my own. You know, I think it just kind of evolved a little bit. You know, at first right. it was the brawl, and then it was like, all right, the scoring platform. And then all of a sudden, it was like, whoa, I'm a, you know, I'm a small business owner. Here I am. But I had, you know, a, quote, desk job at the time. So it was, it was almost like a hobby on the side. It wasn't a full-time thing. I didn't go, I couldn't 100% go all in just because I had other stuff, you know, going on, which that's kind of a whole other story, too. Um, I've realized, you know, over time that sometimes having too many ideas and too many things going on, it can definitely be, you know, detrimental. It can be a bad thing too because you're you kind of lose focus and you lose sight of one thing or what matters the most. You know, you know, I found it's hard to juggle multiple things because you're not really, you know, you're not really really good at one of them. And you know, at least with me, I'm like right. I feel like I'm good at a lot of stuff, but I'm really, you know, I'm not like I haven't found one thing where I'm going all in and I'm great. So that's what I'm working on right now. I'm trying to figure out. Uh, and again. It's an evolving process, you know, every every day and week that goes on, you learn things about yourself and about business, so. Yeah, exactly. So. I, that is absolutely true. Like I said, you're going to find out what you're really worth if you want to be an entrepreneur. Correct. And I think you're, I think you're right, you know, it, you don't just kind of wake up, I don't know, some people I'm sure do, but you don't just wake up and say, I want to be an entrepreneur, because you don't even know what an entrepreneur is. But you start having these ideas, and these right. ideas start evolving, and you either take action on them or you don't. And that's the kind of thing that you need to do. Somebody in our business group, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier or not, but you have to pay attention to your inner thoughts. And after paying attention to those thoughts, you need to take action. Yeah, I mean, you so, can have the best idea in in the world, but if you don't take action and you don't implement, then it, it, all it is is an idea. Exactly. That's one of the biggest well, uh, challenges I face, too, is... I have so many things. Hey, I want to do this. I need to do this. You know, and you just kind of, as an entrepreneur, you just kind of get overwhelmed sometimes. And, you know, I feel like my head is, is sometimes just going a million directions. So as a result, you know, just no action is taken. And, you know, there's no implementation just because there's, it was just kind of overwhelming. You know, it right. wasn't like, like I said, one of the challenges finding that one or two things that you're really good at and then going after it instead of 10, you know, kind of cool business right. ideas or, or verticals or, you know, or lines of revenue you can bring in. You really got to hone in and, and find out what you want to do and then go after it. You know, a coach that I work with uh, here in Pensacola, Dan Vega, talks about uh, closing loops. You know, you, you just can't, you know, just like processes on your computer, the computer slows down when you got too many windows open. So you got to close some windows. 
So I think I might know the answer to this question, and I, and I might be overstepping my bounds here, but uh, who influenced you growing up? Growing up, you know, I was, I've always been and always was really close with my family. So, you know, my mom and dad, um, my grandparents, you know, I had, I had a, a really good relationship with all of them growing up, you know, and I always looked to them for advice and, and, and I looked to, you know, I looked to athletes too. I played sports my whole life coming up. So I, find, you know, I had my idols growing up and, you know, baseball players and football players I loved. Who was your baseball idol? The one that, that I had the longest was uh, Wade Boggs. Uh, he was a, a third baseman for the Red Sox. He was a left-hand hitter, which I was too, so that, that's why I think I was gotcha. kind of drawn to him. Uh, Not many people know this, but uh, he was a uh, batting practice legend. He was a legend in batting practice. Yes, and I remember that too. He was uh, as far as home runs goes. But, you know, in, in games, he really wasn't a home run hitter. Nope, nope, he was not. People remember him for average. Yeah. Kind of going along with that, that one of the good things about baseball specifically is you mentioned Wade Boggs. You know, he hit whatever whatever his average was, 300, let's just say 300 to 330. And he was, he was a Hall of Famer, one of the best hitters ever, right? Yep. That means that he failed seven times out of ten. Yeah. Which is really important. You know, you baseball, I don't know if there's another sport comparable to baseball where you fail over and over. You could fail seven times out of ten and still be considered, you know, one of the best or a Hall of Famer. So a sport like baseball really teaches you how to fail but come back. You know, if, if you strike out or if you get out your first at bat, you can't just roll over and quit. You know, you, you got to come back and keep that positive attitude and, and you know, there's a lot of life applications for that and, you know, business, too, because you're going to fail, you know. But I think the important thing is keeping your head up, staying positive, you know, and moving forward. You you can't look back and, and fester on getting out. <laughs> you don't uh, look at it as failure as a baseball player. Uh, you know, you want that hit. You're You're disappointed. You're upset usually when you do not get on or you don't get a hit. But you don't look at it as a failure your success comes from the end result at the end of the day or at the end of the season or at the end Correct. of your career. And maybe some people can learn from the fact that it's not failure. It's part of the process. There's a, I believe it's T. Harv Ecker who said he doesn't use failure in his vocabulary. It's just part of the process of developing your business. Well, listen, I, mean, uh, I kind of figured it would be your family. And I could tell from you talking about college and going to college and getting your um, schedule set up and everything that you're close to your dad. Did you have any, was there anybody that was a business or a entrepreneurial mentor to you? As a kid, Edwin Watts, my dad started with Edwin Watts early on in his career and he helped, you know, Edwin kind of get going, you know, and kind of grow his location. And Edwin Watts, if you're not familiar, it's, it's a golf retail store. Yes. Uh, I didn't know it was around here though. They're headquartered out of Fort Walton. How the whole thing started out is Edwin put an ad in the Wall Street Journal or some selling a set of golf clubs and it sold, you know, and so the whole thing is kind of born from that. They they initially had their headquarters and their first retail store here in Fort Walton and then kind of grew um, in the southeast, you know, in Florida, and then that kind of expanded to Alabama and Texas, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but my dad, one of my dad's jobs was to find the location, get the manager, and get the store up and running. Um, so I kind of grew up learning a lot from him and Edwin just about, you know, general business. And, you know, there's you know, Mark Cuban and, you know, the Shark Tank guys and Tony Robbins, you know, there's tons of people out there that that you kind of look to for advice and lessons learned and that kind of thing. 
you know, recently one of the big, I guess, mentors is I read a book and it's called The One Thing. And it really hit home for me. And what the one thing is, it's, it tells you basically how to get clarity on, on what you want and what to go after, how to spend your time, how to come up with a routine, how to truly focus and get work done. Because, you know, as an entrepreneur in 2016, one of the most challenging things is at the end of the day, it's like, all right, what did I get done? Because it's from the time you wake up, it's constant bombardment. You know, you TV, you got internet, your phone is constantly blowing up. You, you got texts coming in, you got emails coming in, you sit down at your computer, you know, you got notifications popping up. And it's constant like bombardment and constant distractions. So really for me, I've really been analyzing the past month or so of like, all right, how can I be as effective as humanly possible and actually get stuff done? But one of the good things about this book is it kind of teaches you, as I said, it teaches you kind of how to how to find clarity, how to uh, strategize, how to come up with a routine. And it's all, it's all very methodical. You know, for instance, like writing down your to-do list the night before. So right. you're making your coffee um, the night before, having breakfast ready. So, so when you wake up, you're not like starting from scratch. You have a specific list. And that's another thing. It's not a, yeah, man, this is overwhelming. I got 20 things to do today. No, it's like, all right, what are the couple things that are very, very, the most important things that I need to get done today? It's like, all right, I'm going to get these done and my phone is going to be face down. My volume is going to be off. You know, nothing is going to bother me or distract me until I get these things done today, period. There's no alternative. This is what's happening. So, so when you wake up, you know, your, your coffee's ready, your food's ready. So it's just making that transition into the day, you know, as easy as you possibly can. So you're not starting each day from scratch. You wake up and you're like, all right, what am I going to do? You know, and, and you find yourself like two hours later, you're still running around and you're trying to create yep. a game plan. You know, it's just being a little more prepared and you're starting the day before. Um, and it also, you know, it, it takes a lot of stress off. Because I find myself sometimes worrying, like, what do I have to do? What am I going to do tomorrow? But if you have a plan written down, you can go tackle it. Well, so anyway, exactly. yeah, that book, I think his name is Gary Keller. He, he created Keller Williams, the real company. Okay. You know, he's learned a lot over his time. And, you know, he's obviously created a, probably the most successful real estate company. He gives you the same principles and process he used to actually create something good and get stuff done. So really trying to figure out, all right, what 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 am I going to go after today? What specifically do I need to be working on, and how do I need to focus my time? Well, you know, that's great advice. Uh, being ready to go, you're only effective for so long anyway at a time. So being ready to go without distractions and uh, having your course set first thing in the morning, it makes a lot of sense. And for you guys listening out there, he just answered three questions all in one, so it was actually pretty cool you know, the strategy for success. And then I was going to ask if he had a favorite book. And I was also going to ask what advice do you have for entrepreneurs out there? So I think you guys got that all wrapped up into, uh, into one question. Yeah. So, uh, so my advice would be, um, not to interrupt you, but my, I mean, number one, you have to take care of yourself first, because if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not going to be productive. You're not going to be effective. You know, it just, and what, what that means is, like I said, coming up with a game plan the day before, getting a good night's sleep, right? So you wake up energized, you know, the alarm goes off or whenever you get up, you're ready to go. Eating healthy, 
exercising, you know, and I try to, I try to, as much as I can, eat a healthy breakfast, exercise in the morning. That way, I've already got the day going. Um, I have, I'm energized, you know. I'm, I'm, I have, I have actually more energy from working out in the morning um, than I did if I didn't. Um, I try, you know, I have a sweet tooth, so it's a constant battle for me. But trying to stay away from sugar because you, know, you eat sugar and it just sends you down that spiral, and all of a sudden I'm familiar. <laughs> two o'clock, and you, you know you want you're you can't concentrate, or you just want to go to bed, you know. So, so really, you have to to come up with a, a good routine and take care of yourself first. I think before, if because if you're not taking care of yourself, kind of nothing nothing else matters, um, or it's going to be a lot more challenging. And then you know after you take after you've come up with a plan to kind of stay healthy and energized and take care of yourself. It's really picking that thing that you're that gives you a purpose or you're passionate about or that you 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 know about. What are you an expert in? What do you love? What do you enjoy? Because if it, if if you're if you want to be an entrepreneur and you have a product or your service that you're not you know passionate about or you don't really care about, you're not gonna you're not gonna put in the effort that you would otherwise. You know, if if you fail or get rejected, it's gonna be easier for you to quit. But if it's your true passion, and if it's that one thing that you you know about and you're the expert on, you know it, you're gonna put yourself in a position to succeed much more so than if it's something you're not passionate about. I don't care what sense. it is. I don't care what it is. Your hobbies, your relationships, uh, your work, uh, your spiritual path, whatever it is. If you're not, if there's no passion, just uh, quit wasting your time. Correct. You know, I mean, it's it's so. just a lot. It's a lot harder to wake up every day and grind. You know, if it's something you don't even really want to be doing in the first place, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough road ahead. You know. Absolutely. So, Do you have a favorite quote? The funny thing is about I'm not really a quote guy, but I remember in middle school I went to Ruckel, which is a nice film, and I remember in our locker room our coach had all these quotes that were posted. You know, and I really didn't pay attention to many of them, but there was one that always stood out to me. And it was when you're satisfied with your performance, improvement is stopped. And it's kind of like, no matter what you're doing, never be satisfied because you could always do better. If you hit a home run, you could always hit it further. You know, right. if you throw a touchdown, you know, it could have been better. If you start getting settled in, you start getting satisfied and you get complacent and applying it to the business world, things kind of just stay as is. And if you're not making progress forward, someone, you know, someone else out there wants to crush you and beat you and be better than you. I mean, look at, here, here's a, here's a reward application for this. Look at Nokia. 10, 15 years ago, Nokia, they were on top of the cell phone market, right? But what happened? Yep. They failed to adapt. They failed to grow. You know, they had this, this flip phone or they had this other, this little clunky phone that, yeah, it was cool back in 2000, but you know, things evolved and what, you know, the iPhone, what what did it do? It wasn't just a phone. It, it had music and it had, you know, videos and, it, you know, it had all these things. And you look back at Nokia and you want to be like, man, what happened here? I, I don't know, you know exactly what it was, but they maybe got, got a little complacent. They quit evolving. Yeah. The, uh, the seventh habit of highly effective people, it falls into exactly the thing that you're talking about. And that was Stephen R. Covey wrote that book. I, a lot of good stuff in that book. You guys should check it out if you haven't. The seventh habit is sharpen the saw. 
always be improving, evolving, um, learning about your business and what you're passionate about. Be an expert at it and always keep getting better at it. I remember being in college and one of the, one of my professors was like, all right, if it ain't broke, break it. And I was like, you know what? That's, <laughs> that's great. It's just, that's just, that quote is so stupid. But I think back on it now, I'm like, no, it's true. Like, always be a better leader. You can always have a better product. You can always have a better service. You can always learn more. You know, and it's not even breaking a company. It's, to me, it's just kind of like a mindset, always progressing and moving forward and learning and implementing new things and new ideas. And it doesn't mean that you're constantly getting off track and losing focus, but it's always that, what is the market doing? What do I need to be doing? What, you know, where are we going to be in, in two years? What are people going to want? What are people going to need? You know, so it's, the ability to stay focused on the task at hand, but also be able to kind of look and tap into the future a little bit. I mean, that, that's where it's at. Yep, that is the truth. Well, listen, man, I, I, you know, I think you and I could probably talk for a couple more hours on this stuff. But uh, I've got one more question for you, and we'll kind of wrap it up for uh, the listeners out there, and we'll get your information out there for the beach ball coming up so they can look forward to that. But uh, last question, what do you love about living and working on the Gulf Coast? I would say, you know, it's where I grew up. It's what I love. You know, we love the water. Even if we don't go to the beach for however long it may be, it's still awesome just to know, you know, that you got it in your back pocket. I like this area because it's a little slower pace. You know, you start getting down in the central and south Florida, and it's just a lot more crowded, congested. The people, you know, generally are, are more impatient, not quite as, quote, friendly as they are here. You know, I think here it's just... Yep. It's a little more small townish, a little more slow pace, and like I said, that's that's what I grew up in, and that's what I love. I think a lot of people come up with the same things. They love the beach and the water. Just about everybody mentions the people. Oh yeah, the people here. It's you know, for instance, some of my media team for the beach brawl, they're down in Miami, and when they come up for the beach brawl, they're like, holy cow, you know, people here are so nice, and everyone's so friendly, and. Everyone says, hey, and everyone waves, you know, like some of these bigger cities, either, you know, they're just not used to that. It's just a, it's a different culture. So That's lost. Well, listen, uh, what's the best way to find you on social media? What's the best way to find out about Pensacola Breach Ball? Um, tell us again when it is and what the times are and we'll get out of here. Okay, so Pensacola Beach Brawl, our website is PensacolaBeachBrawl.com. If you go to that site, there the dates are up there. It's the very top of the page is September 16th through the 18th. All our social icons are up there as well. Facebook is uh, Pensacola Beach Brawl. Instagram is just Beach Brawl. So if, if you go to PensacolaBeachBrawl.com, it'll have all the information. Excellent, excellent. Well, listen, man, I appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate having you today. Um, I hope everybody gets out there uh, next weekend, September 16th to the 18th, Pensacola Beach Brawl. Uh, you can find them at PensacolaBeachBrawl.com. All their social icons are there. Check them out. Get out and see them. And, uh, Ty, I really appreciate having you on today. Okay. I appreciate you having me, and thank you very much for your time. All right. It was great hearing Ty's story and getting to know him on a different level. Definite thank you to Ty for spending time with us on the Gulf Coast Business Advocate. And to our listeners, I hope you had as much fun as I did today learning about Ty and Pensacola Beach Brawl. If you enjoyed today's show, please go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Now, I just want to leave you with one more thing before we go. Remember, business is about making an impact, not just an income. And you can't make an impact if no one knows you exist. I'm Jim Grant, and I am your Gulf Coast Business Advocate. See you next time.